This is the Sober Plug Podcast, where I get you disconnected from addiction and plugged into recovery. I'm your host, Connor Duffy. It is my mission to help you get sober and provide resources to you in any way possible with whatever it is that you're going through. If you need help, you can reach out to my line. It is 203-917-8862. Again, that is 203-917-8862. So today, what I want to talk about is signs of needing rehab and what does that look like? How do I know I need to go to treatment? How do I know my addiction has gotten bad enough to the point where I need to go and get help? And a lot of a lot of us battle with this because the last thing that we want to do is disrupt our routine, our our structure to our days and maybe you're a functioning addict and we have concerns about our work, we have concerns about the relationships in our life, maybe we're keeping it a secret. And we try for as long as humanly possible to basically not get help and do it on our own. And a lot of times, we, it's not possible. A lot of times, we just don't know how to do that. If we could, we would have done it already. You know what I mean? And um, addiction is progressive. And it gets harder and harder. It's like a snowball that just continues to uh, continue to get bigger and bigger as it rolls down the hill and collects snow. And that's essentially what addiction is. And the problem is we continue to struggle unnecessarily. And the amount of time that we spend trying to figure shit out on our own, we could have already gotten the help before and been on our journey to recovery. However, it's our ego that really keeps us in a, in a fearful state and keeps us from getting the help that we truly need. And it's like swimming upstream, you know what I mean? And we're basically fighting ourselves. So um, what I want to do is give you a few examples of how you know it's time for you to go to treatment. And at any point, if you feel like this strikes a chord with you and you feel like you do need to get help, again, reach out to my line. It's 203-917-8862. I have resources all over the country and I've helped a lot of people, whether you have insurance, uh, private insurance, Medicaid, no insurance, there's always solutions. So the first thing that I want to get into is loss of control. Uh, despite wanting to stop, like when this starts to happen, it happens slowly over time. I should say, usually that's the case is slowly over time. Maybe we start off as a weekend warrior and our addiction continues to progress little by little. And we just get to a point where we realize I can't control this. I don't know how to stop even when I want to stop. And the desire of wanting to quit isn't enough to actually follow through. And when we get to this point and we start to lose control and we start to use more and the emotions that happen in life, right? The stresses that that come in life, everything becomes an excuse to use. And there's never an excuse to not use. So this loss of control starts to increase over time. And some people more so than others, right? I mean, there's functioning addicts. There's people that are rock bottom addicts. I mean, the the whole idea of control might look different to everybody else, but it's not just the amount that we're using. You know, it's the loss of control of 
of our life, of the choices that we make, making promises to yourself and to others that you, that you break constantly. That is a loss of control that actually doesn't have anything to do with your using, but it has more so to do with the consequences of your using or you know, the things that come along with the use. It's not just about how much you're using. It's really about all the things that you continue to lie to yourself about and all of these other areas in our life start to basically slip from our grasp. You know what I mean? We, we don't have control over our relationships, over our, maybe our job situation, or maybe the, uh, the mentally losing control. It's on our mind all the time. You know what I mean? And these, starts, these problems start to increase more and more as our addiction starts to progress. And so it's not just about that you're a rock bottom drunk or you're a rock bottom addict and you're on the verge of homelessness. That does not need to be losing control. You know what I mean? And, and honestly, most of the time, that's not even the case at all. It's a lot of times it's people that live in a, in a nice home with three kids, a dog and, and, uh, and have, maybe you have a good job, but and everything looks nice on the outside, but inside you're rotting and everything is basically getting way out of hand. So that's the first sign is loss of control, especially when you want to stop. Uh, number two is the negative consequences. And this becomes a little bit more um, apparent as our addiction increases as well, right? The uh, losing jobs, the the finances, the relationships in our life, the the legal trouble that might come with our using, uh, the DUIs, the negative consequences of our reputation being tarnished. And, um, you know, as we, like I mentioned before, as we progress in our addiction, this becomes more obvious. It's really easy to bullshit ourselves when we're early on because the consequences don't really rear their, rear their ugly head yet. It's really easy to justify what we're doing because ah, it's just a weekend thing or, or, you know, I'm just young and having fun. But once the consequences start to set in, we, there's actually repercussions to the actions that we're taking. And a normal person, here's the thing, a normal person that doesn't have a drug problem or an alcohol problem, they will be able to stop. They will be able to, to quit. Maybe there are some consequences that come with drinking, right? Um, and a person that doesn't have that addictive personality or they're not in the throes or in the cycle of addiction, they will be able to stop. They will be able to pump the brakes and kind of bring things back and, and get their life in order in the areas that they are seeing consequences in. But when you're an addict or, or you're an alcoholic, and especially when you're a low bottom addict or alcoholic, all these things start to, uh, the consequences almost don't matter. You know what I mean? Like, of course, we don't want them to happen and we try to prevent them from happening, but we don't actually stop the using. We don't stop the drinking or the drugging and the partying because we basically tell ourselves this bullshit idea that we'll be able to figure it out. I'll be able to stop on my own or I'll, I just need to find the right formula. I just need to find the right way to use, um, to, to be successful, uh, in my job, 
in my, in my life and also in my using. And that's not really how it works. You know, a normal person will see the negative consequences and pull back and realize, okay, I need to readjust in my life here and I need to take things a little bit more serious because this is getting out of, out of control. Um, people like myself and maybe yourself, if you're listening to this and can relate, we don't do that. Um, there's always a reason to use, uh, despite the negative consequences, we will continue anyway. And, and also, you know, it just, it doesn't need to be like losing external things either. It's, it's just like, you might just feel your self-worth is going down. You might feel that you're not confident in yourself because you know that you're acting in a way, in a manner that you're not supposed to represent. And, that in itself is a massive consequence, that peace of mind that gets completely obliterated um, in addiction. And maybe we didn't have peace of mind before, but however, when we're in the middle of our addiction, um, it's constantly living in shame, guilt, remorse, and it becomes this vicious cycle because we become somebody that we know we're not supposed to be. And that is an emotional bottom right there. That is a negative consequence of emotionally and mentally just being absolutely drained and not still not making a different choice, right? And that's where it becomes so much more than a physical problem. It, it's, there's so much more to it than that. Um, so the, the third thing, and that does lead into uh, the physical withdrawals. Withdrawals is obvious, uh, obvious sign that you need to get more intensive help and that it's time to go to treatment and and need detox uh, especially when it comes to benzos and alcohol you know that that shit is no joke you have to get to a medical detox if you're struggling with benzos and alcohol do not try to get sober on your own you cannot just cold turkey get off of those substances because it's extremely dangerous it's lethal um, I cannot stress this enough. I mean, the withdrawals of benzos and alcohol are fucking, are really scary. They are no joke. And if you've been through them before, um, it's, uh, it's some serious stuff. I mean, there's, when it comes to alcohol, there's like hallucinations, delirium, uh, tremens, uh, I mean, hot and cold sweats, heart palpitations, seizures, it's no joke, man. It's and benzos is, is very similar. It has a lot of the same similarities to alcohol withdrawals, and it can kill you. I mean, you, you have a seizure, you have a heart attack, and that's it. Um, so, and when it comes to opioid withdrawals, I mean, you don't necessarily die from them, but it sure feels like you're going to. And and you know the withdrawals, man. They they keep people sick for a long time, and. It, it, there's way more to, like I mentioned before, it's not just about the physical addiction. However, it is the physical part that prevents people from getting sober and beginning that journey to begin with because we have this fear of being sick and not being able to function in life. And that's to the point that our addiction can lead to is we're not even using anymore to get high or, or we're not drinking anymore to necessarily get drunk. We're just doing it to function as a normal human being. And that's a scary place to get to. Um, when you're at that point, you definitely need rehab, no doubt about it. Because not just from the medical standpoint of 
being safe, but, but just logistically of trying to get through that type of pain and, and that massive obstacle of being sick for four, five days, seven days, 14 days, whatever the case may be when it comes to like post-acute withdrawals and certain substances have longer withdrawals than others, but having to do that at home and trying to like grit your teeth and, and get through it without any support, knowing that there's a drug dealer down the street that you can call at any time is just not a realistic way of trying to do things. You know what I mean? We really do need support. We need to get help. And and that's okay. It's just we kind of have to let our ego down a little bit and, and get a little humble because our ego will kill us. It will drive us right into the ground um, if, if we allow it to, right? So we need to reach out for help when this time comes because if you're using to just not be sick anymore, it's time, man. Like that is the, that is the time to get help, no doubt about it. Whether, whether what you're dealing with is lethal or not, it kind of doesn't matter. And, you know, the last thing that I want to talk about here, it's kind of like number four, it's kind of like a bonus as well. It's, it's failed attempts to quit or, or of any sustained recovery. You know what I mean? Like relapses happen, no doubt about it, right? And, and they don't, let me correct that, they don't need to happen but they do happen in a lot of people's stories. I mean, I know it's a part of mine. I had nine months at one point when I was 19 and I relapsed and, and it hit me hard. And, uh, but when we have this repetition of failed attempt after failed attempt and we've been trying to do it on our own, we gotta do something different, man. Like we gotta take the hint that this clearly isn't working out. And to be quite honest with you, um, even if you've been to treatment a bunch of times it, and, and you've relapsed, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't go back. It doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It just means it didn't work for you in that time. Our, our rehab is not a cure-all in the sense of you go one time and you're good for life. There's work that we need to continue to do after we leave treatment. And the truth of the matter is, is treatment, even if it's just even if it's just to get 28 days under your belt, 30 days, 60 days, whatever the case may be, just to get that little bit of time underneath your belt and get that momentum of abstinence, that is huge. That is really important to, to have that head start. Yes, rehab is a safe place where, I mean, I hope so. If you're going to a good place, obviously there's not going to be any, any drugs in, in the facility, obviously. I mean, in some places they do get some snuck into if you're going to some shitty spots, but for the most part, you know, rehab is a safe place to, to get sober. And of course it's a safe bubble and life isn't always like that. And that's the truth. However, when we get that momentum under our belt, we can actually think clearly for the first time in a long time. And that's important. You know what I mean? There's a lot to be said about being able to actually comprehend the tools that we can learn in life and after rehab, whether you go to an outpatient or whether you go to support meetings like AANA or Smart Recovery or Celebrate Recovery, whatever the case may be, we, with that time that we spent in rehab, we have clarity. We have the clarity of mind or at least we're a lot more clear than we were before we went. Trying to learn these things and these concepts while dealing with the stresses of life and family is breathing down our necks and, and the pressures of 
all these other things going on, it's really tough, you know? And so these are definitely some signs that if you can relate to this, it's, it's definitely time. It's time to get some help. And there's things too in place, like a lot of people just don't know about, like there's laws that are protecting people from losing their jobs and protecting your anonymity. And there are things that are literally, there, there are regulations that are protecting you from the responsibilities that we have in life and, and from losing them, I should say. So don't let fear of losing your job or, or um, you know, even like a family member finding out. Like we have to be honest too. That's another part too. Whatever happens in secrecy stays in secrecy and that's what keeps us sick. We are as sick as our secrets. We need to get help. So if you find that you're struggling and you, you want to see some options and you're ready to get some help, reach out to me. I'm telling you, there's a better life waiting for you. You don't have to continue to suffer unnecessarily. Um, and a lot of times when it feels like we're on the verge of having a breakdown, we're really on the verge of having a breakthrough. And that's what getting sober, going to treatment, getting your shit together, getting your mindset and, and the clarity in, of your mind back, that's what that will allow you to do is really having the breakthrough that was needed to put you on that different path. Even though it felt like you were in a really dark place before, it was exactly what you needed. Um, so that's all I got for today. If you do need help, you can reach out to my line. It is 203-917-8862. Again, that is 203-917-8862. Much love, guys. I will, I will see you on the next one.